get this masturbation show on the road. Dude, I can't hear you. Son. Um, oh, never mind. My bad. Wrong headphone was on. Ah, okay. All right. I should be heard. I should be heard. That's why I have a podcast. I want to be heard. Why? I mean, you listened to the government and stayed inside your home. Yeah, see, I didn't want to leave my bed. See, what happened was there was a hurricane that rolled through here in Florida. Hurricane Matthew. And uh, there was a mandatory curfew for our county. Um, the government was telling us to stay inside. Uh, they weren't patrolling. They were they were going, like, they were answering calls for, like, super, super severe uh, cases, like heart attacks and uh, and people going into labor and stuff. But... They weren't patrolling the streets or anything, and they didn't really want looters. They they were just like, stay inside your home. We order you to. Straight I don't know. Uh, mandatory curfew. One of our mutual friends on Facebook. I'm not sure if you saw the comment, but um, she uh she had a pretty good theory behind it. You know, I mean, with how people think. Uh, Marissa. Yeah, all these distractions have been going on in the media lately. It's not too far fetched, especially if you think of uh. Oh man, what's that uh? What's that place that they had in um, Alaska? Um, oh, hey, I'm Dolan. This is Josh. Yeah. I forget exactly what it was called, but um, it was a weather controlling facility, which supposedly was shut down. Oh, um, oh, fuck. It's, Serta, is it? No, it's not Serta. It's, no. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, where they, they shoot IR signals into the ionosphere in order to manipulate weather, weather patterns. There's one in Alaska, one in Canada. There's some 15, 20 of them scattered about the entire uh, entire globe. And uh, the conspiracy goes that it's out there to manipulate weather by basing uh, radio waves off of the, uh, the ionosphere. Harp. 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 That's it. Yeah, H-A-R-R-P or something like that. I mean, I don't know. You, you know how big I am to conspiracies and looking at what's been going on in the news and then hearing about things that have been going on behind the scenes, like this whole stupid clown thing. I mean, granted, they may have not put people up to it, but I think the media is exploiting it to distract people. The clown thing that is people, uh, what are they, dressing up as clowns and hiding in the woods and fucking killing people or something? Well, they haven't killed anybody, but... They're just creepy fucking clowns. Yeah, Lurking in the shadows. I don't even know how it came up or how it started. This is happening in Florida right now. As, not just As we Florida. speak in October. Across really? the United States. Dude, fucking ICP has got like uh, they're they've lost their minds even more this time. It's probably like Jay and Shaggy. They're like, all right, you following jugglers. Well, what actually, you, what you um, need to do is go out in the woods and get your clown makeup on and just stand there. The uh, the other day, um, not the not this past weekend, but um, a weekend or two ago, I was at one of my buddies' house up in uh, South Carolina and whatnot, and uh, we were just having a normal barbecue and bonfire and stuff like that because he he owns a piece of land and you know we're sitting out there and all of a sudden his dog starts barking and uh i'm like dude you know something something going on whatnot because the dog would not stop close encounters of the clown kind and, and yeah we we actually got up and we walked across his property and as we were walking we saw these four motherfuckers dressed as clowns that had hopped one side of the fence and were running across the property to hop the other i mean we're we were drinking so we didn't have our weapons on us we were being or trying to be responsible but always carry your weapons when you're drunk as fuck i mean yeah did we Ladies not learn that in orlando yeah, we uh, the, the night of the of the Pulse shooting, we uh, Josh and I were downtown, and Dolan told me, and I quote, "You're in a public area. This is downtown Orlando. Nothing like that's gonna happen. You don't have nothing to worry about." Because you were flipping out. You were like, "Dude, we're uh, I'm evaluating the situation, scanning for threat assessments. That's what I do. I'm a marine, and I have mad anxiety right now because shit's about to go down." And I'm like, "Dude, relax." Don't worry, shit like that doesn't happen. Lo and behold, 6 a.m. and the, the next day, I get a call from my sister like, are you alive? I'm like, what? What? She's like, I know you go downtown. There was a shooting at a gay club. I'm like, well, I don't frequent gay clubs, but wow. I'm no, telling I you, I was downtown, but... Part of the brainwashing we go through and the programming is to just feel when there's something in the air. No, I mean, I totally get that. I understand that. I think you were probably justified that night, but I also feel like if we were to go downtown tonight, you would probably feel the same. No. I would I would carry my weapon still, but I feel like people, uh, they're wanting to be more with their families right now. I mean, even though like this hurricane didn't really do anything, I just feel like storms in general tend to bring families together for a little bit. Yeah, nothing bad would probably happen tonight. But wouldn't that be the perfect time? 
Like, oh, the hurricane didn't kill you, so I will. No, Fucking terrorists and th- shit. This time is more perfect for, you know, looting and stuff like that. I mean, if you think back to, uh, I want to say it was, oh, man, was it 2000, 2006 when um, Charlie Francis and Gene blew through? I think it was 04. Was it 04? Might have been 06. Yeah, it might have been 04. You might be right. But the whole point I'm trying to make is... If you notice how fast Florida bounced back after this storm, like literally the next day, or no, even like the same day, places were starting to open after the storm had passed and whatnot. But when those hurricanes blew through, places were closed for days. And that was like literally the perfect time for looting. Nobody's going to really be out on the streets. Nothing's really going on. Yo, let me go get me a new fucking flat inch for the living room. The, the fascinating thing about um, the storm that I... I've noticed, at least on Facebook, it, it seems like people are wise on Facebook about the media and their distrust of it. It's growing, and we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more proof of it, but there's a lot of people still that solely rely on the news to get their information, but the media hyped this storm up. They're like, it's, it's, it's bad. If you know anything about science and, and uh, weather prediction... They use supercomputers, like computers the size of fucking, you know, like the room we're sitting in right now, which is, you know, what, 12 by 14 or some shit. It's, it's, it's a large room, the large computers. They use to calculate what they have on the readings that they have of the position of the storm and then the position of, of pressure systems throughout the surrounding area. And um, they, they use all of this to calculate the projected path of the storm. The further in time away from from the point that they're doing the calculations, the less accurate these project projections are. So it's it's you, you notice you watch the weather, it is always the most accurate within a couple of hours of them giving the uh, the calculation, the prediction. But further on, it gets really difficult to determine. So it's almost never exactly what they predict. And and if you know anything about the science, you can understand that by what its projected air quotations projected path is being able to tell like okay the news is hyping this shit up because there's only a certain percentage of a chance that it's actually going to make landfall daytona beach and come central orlando which is where we live and uh I, knowing this this knowledge about physics and uh, and meteorology the limited amount granted that i know i'm like no this is not it's, it's being blown out of proportion what the media wants to do is have you hooked have you afraid to have you, you tune in to the news channel and watch them for 12 hours while they fucking promote their Toyota Orlando commercials. And However, for 48 hours, it was really nice. Really nice not to hear anything about Hillary or Trump. But did you you hear what's been going on with Trump recently? I will I will get it, to that. Okay. But, you but, heard with the with the with yeah. the court statements and everything and then But um rewinding real quick, the only the only reason that I was actually a bit concerned i mean being a native of florida and stuff hurricanes happen all the time but when uh when i was stationed in okinawa in 2013 a buddy of mine that was from new jersey he uh our command told him not to worry about hurricane sandy literally within days of hurricane hurricane sandy hitting and everything he got sent home on emergency leave because it laid waste and when our command came out and there's like there's a potential chance that we may get evacuated and stuff like that. In my mind, it translated to, I need to get home to my family because there's a good chance that this could be seriously destructive. Like they said, if Katrina would have made landfall here and not New Orleans, it would have literally cut us in half. Well, it wreaks so much havoc there because they're an underwater city, basically. Their sea level well, was well above what their buildings were built at. If if it would have hit us at the strength that it hit New Orleans, because the original path, it was coming straight across Central Florida, mm-hmm. here in Apopka, we would have had beachfront property. Like, that's how devastating it would have been. See you down in Apopka Bay. But that's that's the first thought that came to my mind was Katrina and Sandy when I heard about Charlie and how he was, you know, gaining strength and stuff like that. And so, literally... You know, we were told that we weren't going to get evacuated until probably like, you know, Thursday, Thursday night and stuff like that. Tuesday night, buddy kicks in my door. Hey, the order came down. We're getting evacuated. We need to go now. On my drive home, I was texting people that I knew, like even people I don't normally have contact with, but I care about. I was like, hey, I know we're used to hurricanes and stuff like that, but 
if I'm getting evacuated from the from base, this potentially may be something that we need to worry about. So I just want to make sure that you know you're prepared and safe. And if you need any help, let me know. It is wonderful how it brings people together. Yeah, it's a natural disaster. You know, I feel like people are more likely to have a good time and relax. Like what um, uh, people that live that are from like uh, uh, Central Europe and uh, and and Asia, like the Middle East area. They don't care. They're so carefree. Not like, you know, super gung-ho terrorist folks, but like the, the people that are just typically from there. They don't care. They're so carefree because they're like, any day you could die. Well, yeah. So we just party. But that's also why... It's like the Romans, what they did too. I, I reached out to everybody that I knew I didn't have normal contact with or that I probably wouldn't see while I was home, but people that I cared about. And I'm like, hey, you know, I just, I want to let you know that I am going to be in town and you know that I'm not... I'm not scared of dying, so if the middle of the hurricane is here and shit's going down and you need me to be there, let me know. I will drive through the storm. I don't care. I'm thinking, like, let's get together and make love, y'all. I mean, stuff. I was more family-oriented, you know. This we just, might be our last day on Earth. Let's just, let's just fuck it out, you know. I could think of so many better things to do on my last day than spend it in bed with somebody. Oh, no, I would totally, like, work out all my fantasies and just do whatever. Like, fuck it. Who cares, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident if I were to follow through with my fantasies on my last day, I would probably be dead maybe like three hours into it. Wait, you like in a gunplay or something? I can imagine that's no. like your deepest kink is like, bring out the guns. No, there, there's there's a lot of reckless things that I would like to do, but at the same time, even though... Are you familiar with gunplay? No, and I don't think I really... It's a, it's a fetish of weapons, like guns, like devices that can in your life, loaded, loaded guns nonetheless, in I, bed, like... Yeah, people are into that kind of thing. I like weapons. They turn me on, but not in that way. Oh. When I see a weapon... You just want to stick your dick in the barrel. No. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I would like to put my dick in the chamber because, you know, it gets me going, but not, like, down the barrel. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to decipher a metaphor. I'm not sure if there is one there. I think you literally just want to fuck your gun. Yeah, I mean, guns are beautiful. I mean, it, it's... To me, a weapon is it it can take life but it can also save life and having the power to do one or the other yeah. in the palm of your hand yeah. is there, there's no other feeling like it in the world exhilaration yeah i mean people can be adrenaline junkies and stuff like that but when the shit hits the fan and stuff's happening you're gonna have you know people like me we're gonna have friends around that are like me that are the type of people that will run towards the sound of gunfire and we we're going to be given that power people are going to look to us to either save them or you know i mean if we decide that we want to viking out and whatnot we're going to go rape churches burn women and pillage yeah i mean like a typical thing to do on a friday night at least it it, it all depends i mean for marines yeah that's a typical friday night you know we go out to the outskirts and burn churches rape women and sell their children on the black market i mean knock over everything yeah, I mean, that's how the American public views us, so if that's what they think, then yeah, of course, that's what we do. But I'll tell you one thing. When the shit hits the fan overseas and they want to force to go over there and quail that shit so America's safe, they ain't going to be asking the Army to do it. No. You're a Marine. Oh, this is Marine Corps. Oh. Hey, we win battles and we fight wars. Yeah. Mad respect. Have I ever thanked you for serving our country? I think it just goes, like, without saying between us. Yeah, I feel like I want to vocalize that, because uh, I never have, but uh, I, I don't uh, I don't really say that often, because I know it'll go to your fucking head, and I don't want that. Because no. <laughs> you're an egotistical shit sometimes. When it comes to getting thanked Love for... Love When it comes to getting thanked for my service, I'm, I'm very humble, because contrary yeah, to pop- popular belief... I feel like I've never done it, so... Uh, we, we don't actually hear it all that often. Yeah. Like... To put it in perspective, in uh, 2013... That's why I let you stay here without paying rent. You know, I'm like, you, you, serve, you serve the country and you come down here, so I... I only come home for like a week at a time. Bro, I... you're here like every other weekend, somehow. For like two days or so. That's because I only live four hours away now. Yeah. But... Four hours? Dude, you have a fast car. It's it's Buford, South Carolina. It's right on the border of Savannah, Georgia. It took me six hours to get to Savannah. Of course, I stopped and stuff and... Drove the speed limit and drove through Jacksonville at a very uh, shitty time to drive through Jacksonville. Well, I'll give you that. Jacksonville could it's, extend my trip a few hours. It has. Goddamn pain in the ass. But um, let me put it in perspective for you. 
coming home from my grandpa's funeral, I uh, I had to stop at uh, two different airports. When uh, was this earlier this year? No, it was 2013. Oh, okay. When um, I flew out of Okinawa, we actually stopped in Korea, but I'm not worried about that. When I came stateside, we landed out. In, oh, you, um, you came home from Japan for my grandpa's funeral, 2013. Okay. Uh, the first place I landed was um, L.A. The the LAX and whatnot. When I got in there, I uh, I was flying in uniform and stuff like that. They bumped me up to first class, but mainly because the way my dad made it sound was I was going to get off the plane, and then girlfriend at the time, Melissa, she was going to pick me up. We were going to my dad's house, and we were supposed to be going straight to see family for the funeral and stuff. So I just wanted to be prepared and whatnot. So I'm in uniform, and I'm walking through the uh, the LAX, and I literally have people spitting on me, calling me a baby killer and stuff like that. They're treating me like it's damn Vietnam. Well... After that, I contemplated taking off my where, uniform. Where were they spitting? LX? Yeah, they were spitting on the ground Fucking when I walked by. The liberals in California. I might associate myself with being slightly to the left of the spectrum, but, man, some people out there in the name of peace and justice can do some really shitty things, which is why I try to rest more towards the center. Well, I don't... I, don't, I think it's really sad that you would just assume somebody's a baby killer and you start spitting on them. That's fucking terrible. That breaks my heart. People people who are afraid of violence and don't understand the the necessity for it like you, are protected by those who do understand. Can I just mention what you did over there in Japan? Like the, the, the main thing that... Oh, you're you, talking about when um the when the, the when earthquake the, and the tsunami in 2011? Right. You weren't, yeah. you weren't killing babies. You were cleaning up yeah, we, we went for humanitarian aid. We were helping them clean up, rebuild, passing out food, health care, and stuff like that. We were making sure that they were well taken care of. Mm-hmm. But people people only see what the media wants them to see about us. Like, there, there were Marines... The media only does what makes them money and what they can sell, too. So people just fucking... It's, it's, it's feeding into our primal instincts of wanting to see death destruction decay that, and to be angered by it it's, but there's there's certain agendas behind certain things and this the only agenda that i really believe in with that is making money well y- i'll give you that but the explanation i'm getting ready to give you is kind of going to be long-winded so before i get into that i'm going to rewind and explain why hearing thank you for your service makes me humble because after i was in lex i had to sit there for three hours having people stare at me give me dirty looks spit at me and whatnot i flew into texas and texas was where my layover was before i flew home i had 10 people take me and buy me drinks and sit there and thank me for my service sitting there getting wasted in texas before you fly well i was in texas for four hours for those of you that are listening that have never flown uh or really been into an airport after the uh after the security checkpoints shit gets expensive so buying somebody a drink in an airport is a is a big thing we're talking 15 bucks per but at least i had so many people come up to me even like they didn't have to buy me a drink i had people coming up asking me if I was hungry, if they could buy me a meal, or if they could, you know, give me like a bottle of water or something like that. And hearing that, I love how you go from a liberal state with uh, with with uh, LAX and uh, and California, super fucking liberal, to like straight up fucking right wing, guns blazing, well, Texan. Here's another fun glory. fact. After all that happened, when I was leaving after my grandpa's funeral and stuff like that, and we went to the airport. When uh, I showed them my uh, my military ID to get my ticket and stuff like that, they actually gave my girlfriend at the time, Melissa, a uh, a pass to where she could get through with me all the way to my boarding gate, so she could actually properly say goodbye to me and stuff like Aww. that. And that was in Florida. So from Orlando. Yeah. So a lot of people. That, that's su- that's really surprising. I know. And that means a lot because uh, for the people listening that aren't local or the people that are local that haven't flown out of Orlando. It's Orlando hell. International is probably one of the worst airports in America. They do not have they have their shit together, but it's so chaotic and all over the place that you have to go through so many hoops just to move 12 feet ahead in line, if you know what I'm saying. But all of this actually ties into the So n- for, for them to allow your girlfriend to pass with you just straight up pass with you. Yeah. It, it it says a lot. That's a lot of magnitude behind their their uh, their gratefulness to your service, which is wonderful. But to tie in what's going on now with the whole hidden agenda comment and stuff like that, if the hidden agenda comment that we were touching on about the media, right? Yeah. Well, the whole reason stuff like this 
when I hear it, even it, it means more to me when it comes from close family and stuff like that. Because normally, mm-hmm. close family is like, yeah, you know, you went off and you did things. We just really want you home and stuff. But they never really vocalize that they're grateful for it. So when it comes from family, it actually means a lot more mm-hmm. than coming from you know strangers and stuff. But what really got to me was 2012. There was a uh, we actually had an all hands brief. In Okinawa, the commandant, the commandant of the Marine Corps, the the head general of the entire Marine Corps, came to Okinawa and set us down and had a conversation. He he went from base to base, bringing everybody in, shutting down work for the day to have this conversation. And I'm making this point because of how serious it was. So the the whole thought process that the media puts out of Marines being you know baby killers and psychos and too violent for peacetime. This is where it ties in. When Hillary Clinton in 2012 was asked what her first you know, action was going to be as commander-in-chief when it came to the military, her response was that she wanted to disband the Marine Corps because Marines are too violent for peacetime, which, I mean, she's not wrong, but at the same time, we, when it comes down to it, we may not be the force that America wants, but we're the force that America needs when it comes to protecting the country. But when she said that, it it upheaved the entire Marine Corps because ever since the start of the Marine Corps, people that have come to power in our country and stuff, they progressively always attempt to get rid of, get rid of the Marine Corps because they don't understand why we need two ground forces. You got to have those badasses ready to go. Well, Here's here's the problem. When people think Marine Corps, they think a ground force like the Army. But the Marine Corps is not a ground force. We are amphibious. We we go from land to sea to air. We do everything. But we are also the smallest branch. But here's what gets me. That year, in 2012, Marines were doing great things overseas. Do you know what ended up on the news, though? There were a few Marines. And I'm going to tell you what... I'm going to tell you the end result before I go back and tell you what, what happened. What year is this now? This was, no, this was 2012. Okay. All right, so in 2012, there was a, a picture that surfaced on social media of Marines, you know, pissing on a dead Haji. Everybody went to uproar. You know, they, they think that we're showing disrespect to the All enemy Marine and stuff like Corps that. All Marine Corps are evil. Fun fact, though, that the public doesn't know about because the media didn't put it out there, prior to that... Those same Marines had been under siege for 10 days from an enemy sniper that had picked off six of their platoon. So the whole time, their brain is picking over like, when I fucking motherfucker, when we find him, we are going to piss on his dead body. Not so much. It it wasn't so much the thought process of, I want to get him and, you know, piss on his body. If they had been able to, they probably would have ripped him limb from limb and stuff like that. But what ended up happening was they engaged in a firefight. Said enemy sniper had just so happened to move positions that day, and he moved up into the thick of the fight and got nailed. So this sniper held them penned for... Ten days. That's going without sleeping, isn't that? Yeah. Or they just they just don't know when the sniper's sleeping or not? Or do you think that they stay up for ten days straight fucking penning somebody down on purpose? Um, are you asking if the Marine slept or the sniper? Either. The, the way it works for snipers is they're a one to two man team that goes out. Oh, it takes cycles. Well, not, not so much that because most, most places operate with one to two man teams. When it comes to the Middle East, it's usually one, one very motivated, dedicated work of art gunman. And... With the right amount of motivation and plotting and planning, you can you can build a sleeping schedule around that. But most snipers, if they need that little bit of rest, they'll only sleep for 20 to 40 minutes at a time. Get a and little cat nap in. The Marines have no idea when the sniper is sleeping, so they don't know when to break for it. That The, the main problem comes with they don't know the position of the sniper. So without oh. knowing the position of the sniper, you can't gather intel on that. And being a sniper and having that much distance... So what happens when you're pinned down? What do you do for food and stuff? Survival. I mean, you're... I can't recall a time in Marine Corps history that Marines have been pinned down long enough to run out of supplies. So these guys were pinned down for an incredibly long amount of time. Yes. In comparison to, to, to most uh, situational... Yes. Okay. 
but at the same time, people, normal people have this understanding of like food and water and the body's necessity for it, mm-hmm. even sleep. But one thing that you get used to, and I mean, all the branches have similar issues, but when it comes to the Marine Corps, you just learn to go with less, with everything. You learn to make do and overcome with the bare essentials. So if you go out on a patrol like these guys were going out on a patrol, you usually take an assault pack. An assault pack is a three-day bag. In that three-day bag, you'll probably have you know all, all your normal gear and stuff, but you'll have three MREs. And an MRE... You can make an MRE last 10 days. You can, well, you can make three of them last 10 days at least, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you can literally pick apart an MRE because mm. it has so many calories in it. Mm. And if you're pinned down and you're not moving and you're not expelling that much energy, th- that food's going to go a longer way. The, the bigger concern was being in the desert with how hot it was and how fast you know, water would run out. However, it, us running out of water, I don't, I don't want to say that we were trained for it because hydration is always pushed in the Marine Corps. Hydration is key. But in extreme circumstances, we can go a longer period of time without drinking water than normal people. You know, I mean, we, whenever we're in a field situation or deployed or a combat zone, stuff like that, Marines primarily thrive off of mainly tobacco. That that's a prime staple for us. It's like in the uh, Revolutionary War, they would they would suck on their uh, their lead balls from the uh, you know probably not the smartest substance to suck on, but they would do that to salivate mm-hmm. in order for their mouths not to be they wouldn't get perched like that. Yeah. But I mean, even even with tobacco, I mean, you know, it dehydrates you and stuff like Chew- that. Chewing tobacco, right? Yeah. Like, well, no, cigarettes, dip. Okay, yeah. but what what it came down to, or what it comes down to, is because of how resourceful and adapt adaptable marines are they make they make things extend they they make it last but that's the hallmark of of primates though i mean we're incredibly adaptable and to to get really in touch with your primate roots uh, i mean i guess that's why they call it a primal level yeah you can you can tap into your uh your internal sense of adaptation and uh, you know what you have to do to survive and you you do it right but this isn't the first time that you know marines have pulled off a feat like this and it's gotten played off if every every generation so far has had a a significant battle that the Marines have fought and won. I mean, for World War II, it was Iwo Jima, you know, and, you know, my, my grandpa being a Marine fought in that. For my generation, it was... So you're third generation Marine in your family? Yes. Third or straight, just three or four? Um, I'm not sure what my, my great-grandpa was mm-hmm. because by the time I was old enough to question my grandpa about it, he was already, you know, past that age of being able to remember that far back. And my dad, because of his three tours in Vietnam, doesn't, he loves the concept of being a Marine and loves the honor behind it and everything, but he doesn't like to talk about his experiences. He was in Nam, right? See. Yeah. But for my generation of Marines, the greatest battle that has made history so far for us was the Battle of Fallujah. The Battle of Fallujah lasted three days. And when we're taught about the Battle of Fallujah in a boot camp, the uh, they teach us ditties, little quirks to help us remember it, and the ditty goes door to door, street to street, because the Battle of Fallujah was fought door to door, street to street. The Marines could only move so far. Where was the where was that battle? Nam? No, the Battle of Fallujah. Yeah, that was in Iraq. Okay. Yeah. How, was it a one or like ninety ninety one? No, no, this was 2000. Okay, so it was... was Like I said, this is is my generation of Marines battle that we look to. All right, millennial stuff. Yeah, so the Battle of Fallujah was a a huge thing for Marines. Now, before you get too far into this, Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to wrap up your thread that you were talking about with the media? This is all tied into it. Okay, so you're still on the same... Yes. Okay. Because... The, the amount of marine lives that were lost during the Battle of Fallujah and stuff completely got played off. The news didn't, you know, cover it or, you know, honor those marines and stuff like that. They downplayed it. They downplayed it because they were civilian casualties 
and they made it seem like Marines were killing everybody because Marines are bad people. Air quotations. Yeah. And then bouncing to a uh, another situation, uh, here recently, 2015, when the Army lost Fallujah and the Marines had to go back in there and take it. Now, before you get into that, just from a critical standpoint, just mm-hmm. in case there is anybody out there that's, you know, that does believe that Marines are bad people, um, that it could be argued that, yeah, I mean, media is teaching us this, that Marines are bad, but also the Marine Corps is teaching Marines that they're good. Obviously, they wouldn't have any soldiers otherwise. They'd say that you're brainwashed. I can I can touch on that, okay. but I'm going to tie this up. So, so everybody understands, because you're right, there, there are still people out there that, you know, believe Marines are bad. When it comes to civilian casualties, especially in the early stages of Operation Iraqi Freedom and stuff like that, the reason that for a period of time Marines were authorized to kill civilians is because this was not a typical war that we were fighting. It was not a uniformed military. Never should have been there. I, I agree with that. But because we were there, to us, when we're in a deployed status, it's You're not— You're there, and you got to do what you got to do. Well, that's the thing. It's not about our country. It's not about our family. What it comes down to us— is the man to the left and right. You will literally do anything to save your brother's life and make sure that he makes it home, regardless of your own life. Honor. Well, in the early stages of Iraqi freedom, they were using women and children with bombs strapped to them to run up because they knew that U.S. forces would help women and children in need. God damn, And dude, so they would come hurts, in. man. That hurts my heart. And they would kill, you know, 20 or 30 people at a time. To be boots on the ground and seeing that and then to have to do that because that's what you have to do to protect yours. Yeah. And you go home and people are spitting on you for that. And that's that's the thing that people don't understand when it comes. And I mean, I'm sure if I were to come up to somebody. People should spit on the politicians that fucking orchestrated that and not boots on the ground, man. People are, the people that do that anyway have a certain level of ignorance and it's terrible and i'm gonna tie into that too but i i have so many threads going well no no it's all it all ties together yeah but when it comes to that whole concept i have no doubt in my mind that i could go to the most left-wing person i know here you know home in america and put them in a situation tim's liberal ass where they were in a fight or flight situation. Well, no, they were in a fight situation because they couldn't fight. And they were in a flight situation because they couldn't fight? No, they were in a fight situation because they, they couldn't, couldn't fight. Flee. They are boxed okay. into a corner. Right. If you are boxed into a corner and your family's life is on the line, you will do whatever you have to do to save your family. It no longer matters about yourself, but it's your family that you're going to do whatever it takes. And people throughout history have done unspeakable acts to save their family because that's what needed to be done because at the end of the day it's you or them so but going back to the politicians and the uh the media conspiracy and stuff like that the this whole time you know the the past what i want to say it's been 12 13 years that we've been at war the marine corps has been the prime force that the united states has been using over there and it's new for the Marine Corps because we're not an occupying force. We invade. We roll through, we fuck shit up, and we leave. And you're like, it's all you, Army. Yeah, the Army comes through and they occupy. Well, me, my, myself, and a lot of other Marines believe that the way that this whole war had been constructed was to I, reach... Iraqi freedom? Well, it went from... Um, Endure, or went from Iraqi freedom to enduring freedom to a couple other things. It, it spread. It was Afghanistan time. first, right? No, it was Iraq first. We we pushed into Iraq. I thought first. it was Afghanistan after 9/11. No, we pushed in Iraq first and then Afghanistan. I mean, I know Iraq was going on in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. That's right? Desert Storm. That that was that. We set shit up there and we set that up the war fail. literally ended in three days. Air quotations. Yeah, it literally ended in three days. Literally. Yeah. You, you can look it up. How, why are there so many veterans that are like, yeah, I was in, I was in uh, Desert Storm, I got Agent Orange poisoning and all that? Like, Because the war itself was over in three days, but we oh, were there for occupancy. a while long. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. Was that Marines or that was prior to the Marines being occupying force? Marines are not an occupying force. Oh, so, what, what, I mean, with, with um, 
Desert Storm. Was that other branches or was that Marine Corps? No, no, that that was that was the Army. But Mar- Marines were sent there to assault the beaches and stuff like that. We rolled through. We were there in Desert Storm and stuff. You came, you fucked but, it up, and you left. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's what she said. All right, Aww. so after I explained... Watch it, the table. Cause it's oh, not. yeah. If... You know, the listeners out there remember what I just said about Hillary Clinton back in 2012 and everything. What did you just say? How her, she wants to disband the Marine Corps. When how she, she wants office. to disband the Marine Corps. I believe that this war, the way it's been orchestrated and the way that they have done things, America, well, the elites of America, the politicians, the powers that be, understand that if a situation were to arise where they needed to use military force to control their citizens, the most problematical situation they would have to force is the fact that the way that Marines are trained and taught and brainwashed is that we defend the Constitution from enemies foreign and domestic, but we take care of our own and our families. So... What better way to set things up for your end goal than to paint the Marine Corps as a bad occupying force? Because they know that they're going to be seen as a domestic threat. Yes, exactly. I believe... So anybody that challenges that, not knowing the inside, they just happy-go-lucky. They're like, Marine Corps kind of is lame, so I'm going to challenge that. The Marine Corps is going to look at them and be like, you're a threat, even though they might not potentially be a threat. I mean, is that is that something that you entertain the thought of? Or are you just programmed to be like, that's a threat. That is a threat, and that's it. No, there's a difference from somebody's opinion and somebody, somebody with an opinion that has the power. There's no doubt that the Quentin family is something's up. Something's up. Something's going on. They got something they're pushing. I believe that they they do have an overall plan. Same with the Bush family, though. Uh, yes. And which is why when Jeb got into the into the Republican race, everybody just laughed at him. He was like, you remember when uh, I think it was the first Republican primary, and they put the two most popular candidates in the center, and it was Carson and Trump, and like Jeb was like three down. Yeah. People were just automatically like, no, we don't need another Bush. But somehow the Clintons skated through because you know, liberals and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, well, it's her sec- turn. Sexist, Air quotations, her turn. Sexist or racist. But we had a black president, which I- I'm just going to state right now, hands down, I believe was an amazing president. I'll be honest with you. I would actually prefer another four years of Obama over Clinton. Likewise. I think that he's a very good man, and I think that he's got some pure agendas. His healthcare thing might have fucked a lot of people up, but he, he it's one man in charge of the entire nation. And you I understand that. He's just... he He's allowed... And he came out of left field, too. Like He allowed certain... Who the fuck is Obama? Oh, he's running for president now. My, my main issue with him is while he's been in office, he is pushed certain things on to the Marine Corps itself. And which is why I don't believe... Except for the Clintons, I, I believe that they're they're straight I, I, evil. When uh when I moved when I moved from uh, I moved like three times, four times in the last year and a half, but uh, somehow I, I had a lot of my stuff get mixed in with my father's and my grandparents' stuff. I came across I, I have it I have it in one of my file folders. I'll show you when I get a chance. And this was before I, I came across this because it ended up in my stuff before there was even talk of uh, Hillary running for president. This this document it's stapled together maybe three pages long it's titled so you want to be friends with the clinton (laughs) and it's an essay followed by uh lists of of info sources uh and and specific instances but the essay states uh, a couple of facts right off about people that have came in contact with the clintons and opposed their views and like end up dead they they died members of their family died something happened to them and then it 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 referenced maybe four instances in the essay and then flipped the page and point after point after point for three pages talking 12 point font which you know 12 pages three point mm-hmm. font with uh, three lines per point so we're talking 25 to 40 instances of people turning up dead that were associated with the clinton family and so 
that that that's leading me into what I'm getting at. Obama overall, not a bad guy, not a bad president. I believe I like him. The the Democratic Party and the powers that be, which it's been the Clintons for a while, really controlling the Democrat Party, have an overall agenda. You know, it's fucked that the Bush family's backing the Clintons now. <laughs> like what the? They're fuck? smart because, yeah. like I'm saying. Dude, if I was up top, I would totally pull strings like that, too. You know? the, I'm not even associated with the Democratic Party because it's just a front. But the, the Clinton family... Both of them are. Well, the Clinton family themselves, which is why she's gotten this far with everything that's happened, and you know she's going to win and stuff like that. But they have an overall agenda. And I'm not, I'm not saying that out of, like... Out of a personal opinion, because they they or she attacked the Marine Corps, and she probably intends to do it again. She's a lizard. But <laughs> the reason the reason that I'm saying this is because after she failed to get elected in 2012, and Obama got reelected, there was a huge mass sweep that was pushed by the Democratic Party down from Congress <clears throat> and the President to change so much in the Marine Corps to make us a weaker force because if they couldn't get rid of us then the next best thing They're was afraid of to a takeover. the fall of air quotations what they believe as democracy and i i wholly and fully believe these uh, people that we as citizens view as corrupt don't believe they're corrupt they believe that they're going to do everything in their power to uphold their beliefs because they believe that they're they're right uh, to, to accuse them as as being high and mighty they think they're right they think that they have some type of keen keen knowledge they're on a on a different frequency than most citizens and they're like this is what america needs so i'm going to step up and do it and if a couple of people that's associated with me gets killed then so be it you know and they they fully believe this so i can't look at any of them as evil as bad people because they're just doing what they believe but i don't think that either candidate we got going on is good for this country but uh i'm a firm believer oh in the fact that money we got we got, we got chip walking in the room i'm a firm come, believer come sit in come sit in can we uh hold on let's let's just put this podcast on a pause a hiatus for a second but i'm not going to actually pause it so so stand Run, by go get a beer real quick. do you want to join do you want to join the podcast chip yeah. all right I'll, I'll turn on your mic i'll get you set up all right yeah um i forgot i lost my track you want me to keep going go for it all right so you you were saying that you can't look at them as evil because they're doing what they believe is right but my counter to that is what if they because every human being understands you know the basics of what's wrong and what's right but what if they are their pockets can you hear me yes okay their pockets are just so lined with wealth that they will do the wrong thing regardless if it's wrong or right to them, regardless well, if they believe in it. Well, my, my theory on that is um, that <clears throat> they might believe because they have so much money that they have more power and weight and they believe that they can make change on a certain level and because they have so much money it goes to their head. They're like, we have the power to change this, and then they exercise it. Because I'll, I'll just say that money does kind of money go, talks. goes to your head a little bit too, and you want more. You're like, I have money, and I also have the intelligence to multiply this money. And as long as the agenda of bettering the country and making change is in the picture, it's justified to kill some people. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe. Maybe maybe they just end up dead, and I'm not, you know, taking responsibility for that. But these people that know me just happen to die, and that's okay. So, hang, hang, yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's take a uh, a step in a uh, a different direction, real quick. Um, you know, going back to my and you know, I I actually wear it with pride now when people call me a conspiracy theorist. But there are well, we got we got chip on the mic now. Yeah. There are <laughs> facts that have well, it's not even facts. It's in it's in the news right now, but it's been overlooked. So it, it actually hasn't been covered by mainstream news, but it's currently, you know, out there for people to see because it it's a fact that's happened. So recently, actually, during this uh, this hurricane that just hit us and whatnot, something massive happened in Russia. They were running drills for their people to evacuate into underground 
facilities. Right, they're preparing for, for nuclear winter or something. Okay, so saying that, what, I'm sorry, Chip. Uh, I can't. What? I can't hear you too sorry. well. Uh, no, it's between something between the U.S. and Russia recently that happened. I uh, tensions are growing. I understand one of their generals said uh, something about if America could continue to, or if they tried to fly in their airspace or somebody's airspace with uh, with bombers, they said they were going to shoot him down. So tensions between the U.S. and Russia have continued to grow despite popular belief after the Cold War because it's just it's two world superpowers but what what I'm getting at is I believe that there is an overall agenda to unite the entire world under you know New one world, world government yeah one world government yeah. and stuff like that but at the same time you have to I don't. I don't want to say weaken your country, but so, you have to make your country vulnerable, able to well, vulnerable, but able to conform. Can, can we take for a second uh, an analogy of human relationships on the individual singular level? In order to enter a relationship and have a successful union with another or a group of friends, like I have, I have you guys over, right? I let myself be vulnerable, and vulnerability is safe. The key to a a good union a good relationship with people and i think that countries are the same thing it's just you got a lot more minds to worry about to not convince but just allow it to happen and yeah i i i don't think that a new new world order would be the worst thing ever i think that if every if every country simultaneously became vulnerable but the but thing see, that's is, the problem we, we right need there. It's, we, we, it's the territories it, and the materialism, it, and it would take allying up and becoming vulnerable to very specific nations, and spreading your network until it encompasses the world. And I don't think it, it should so much be a new world order like a global government. I think that that's a bad way of phrasing it and a really bad connotation. I think it should be seen more as the unity of the human race i can understand that and i, I can even back it you know i don't want to say that i'm a hundred percent against a a one world government but then again and i'm i don't care about being politically correct so they can fuck themselves but my my dad raising me primarily christian you know i was always taught that the the end of the world and the second coming of Christ and stuff like that would be signaled by the startup of a one, one world government. The major issue now that I'm older isn't so much on a religious basis, though, as the intricate workings of a one world government. Because in a one world government, to take everything that you just talked about out of the equation altogether, if you take a populace of people and you can track their every movement, listen in to every conversation they have, and make it to where they live in fear of you, or they blindly follow you because they were taught certain things in school, I, you have nothing to worry about. I think that it's a double-aged blade. I agree. When you're talking about transparency, which is what that is, when, when everything you do can be monitored by the government, I think that... It's like a big brother all over again. It's a big brother. 1984. That's looking at it from a, a, what do you call it, translucent angle where they can can see you, but you can't see them. I think with the increase in technology, and we've seen the first example of Edward Snowden, who... I was actually just about to bring him up. He will go down in history, but I think that in order for things to hit a point of equilibrium, it's going to be like, okay, so the government's watching us and that's it we can't see the government i think that at some point in time the government will become transparent as well true democracy for the people by the people and when it hits the point where we can see what our representatives are doing because we we, what do we do we elect people to what represent us right and if they don't actually represent us if they're just saying shit to get in power We'll be able to see through their bullshit. It's it's evolution of mankind is what it is. It's an evolution in a uh, in a in a spiritual sense, a technological sense, and a sense of government. We will evolve to the point 
And I don't think it's that far off. I think that we're getting there because in the 90s when the internet became super popular and then in the 2000s when it became super fast Mm -hmm. and then bam, you got Google, you got YouTube coming up. We're all so freaking connected it's ridiculous so yeah the government might be spying on us because they're the ones leading the race for technology because they want to be ahead but then you've got the people far behind them not far behind them and they can't really they can spy on us so much but once they get to a certain point they can't advance anymore people are going to catch up and be able to turn around and look at our representatives and it will hit an equilibrium state and And you just gave me a prime point for my disagreement on that because when you boil it down to the bare minimum knowledge is power right and, and that's so what the goal of the people would be to acquire knowledge from which we're, is we're what, not atlantis we will never be a, a super race because there you know, is looking a, at what atlantis <clears throat> was we're far surpassed now there yeah. is a selected group of individuals who have an extensive amount of knowledge stuff that you know is just theory or you know fantasies to you know most of the public but they know this stuff they've known this stuff for years and they don't share it because illuminati freemasons (laughs) i'm not even getting into that that. the freemasons were real but the freemasons still are real i don't don't really believe in illuminati believe it I, I think there's well, people the, in power, but... Well, no, the, the the whole story behind the Illuminati, and I'm not going to go into it, I'm just going to give the bare break-off, is... Yeah, we got nine minutes, so that's a podcast right. for another day. Well, no, yeah. there there was a distinct separation between two, two bands of the Freemasons, and the one band that broke off from the Freemasons became the Illuminati, but that's as far as I'm going to go with that. People can do their research on that, because that's a legit thing. Yeah, but people can... People that are really into it get paranoid to even Google the term Illuminati. I've been there. Don't be little bitches. Stand up for what you believe in. I've been there, you know, and uh, it's easy to get lost in that. And for anybody that's, like, seriously so deep into conspiracy theories that they're going insane, don't worry. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And don't dive too deep because it's all fear-propagated shit. And if anybody's out there trying to control the populace, they're going to do it through fear because that's the easiest way to control Mm -hmm. people. So don't be afraid. Like stand up and like you said, Josh, don't be little bitches. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to. All that black, uh, what was it? Black Lives Matter shit. Hey, clowns live. Clown lives matter. There was one shot recently. Do you know? To be completely honest, I have not even looked that much into it's the done, Black yeah. Lives Matter. Black Lives just, Matter movement. It's just, I just the it, media highlighting black deaths I, by cops. I can. I can. It makes money. I can tell you as an individual going to a, a institute of higher learning college that race is made to be a, a big race. Race is made to be a big deal. In college, they're like, we need to tackle this whole race thing. You go home and watch the fucking news, you're like, race is a big deal. But I'm sitting there like, this is the 30th paper that I wrote in my year and a half, two years in college about race. I'm sick and tired it's of trying to prove to my institution that I'm I not racist. I literally just write the, the essay would be all about the pigmentation caused by melatonin well that's just that's the, <laughs> the distance wait, wait, wait. from the equator the, the, <laughs> the ancestors settled at that's it's I, pure and simple it's an i have a question for you before we run anomaly. out of time have you recently heard what princeton did being a institution of higher learning air quotations with okay sarcastic fucking body language yes it's not really yes. picked up on the microphone well i'm sorry hmm. i'm just i'm excited about this okay. because when you say college is a place of higher learning I don't know if you've seen recently, but Princeton did something, which I mean, in my opinion, is completely, absolutely just retarded. I mean, I know, I understand that certain listeners out there may be offended by that this. That word sucks. But don't anyway. say retarded, bro. They're mentally handicapped. Come on, bro. Well, then they won't know that it's referring to them. Chillax, bro. Anyway, <laughs> the point that I'm getting at is Princeton has well, made it. Goddamn, that's a that's an A1 point right there. Has made it to where everything in the class is i don't want to say gender neutral but it's not gender specific they have removed the word uh mankind from everything now it's either humanity or people okay um step in the right direction okay but then it gets a little ridiculous because they implemented a thing where you can you can put your preferred preference of gender yeah. in the system yeah and they have to call you that okay now you know all right 
Yeah, that sounds good if you're like a transgender and stuff my, like that. My my, uh, my algebra professor is transgender, and I don't know what I, whether to call her he or she. But well, I no, no, I'm okay with that. You know, people people have freedom of choice, but I just refer to them as Corey because that's what they prefer to go by. Is Corey. Yeah, whatever name they give you, yeah, like, just call them Corey. That. But like not even Professor Corey or Mr. Corey or Miss Corey. I'm just like Corey. There there was a student. <laughs> hang on, there was a student there that he he actually made it on the news showing how stupid and ridiculous this is. And that's wonderful when the students of an institution take the training that is instilled in them and flip it against the Well, here's the thing. Because you allow somebody to choose their preference and which so the teachers... We can go for a second round if you want to. Well, hang on. I can get this out real quick. The teachers of the institution have to call them by their preference or they can lose their job. So you know what this student did? You know what his preferred method is or his preferred uh, identification? What is it? His majesty. Dude, somebody because all right, all right so well, I, I touched on on my algebra course, uh, my professor going by Corey that uh, I believe was born female and uh, is now transgender. Doesn't exactly associate with male. I took a sociology class and I, I learned in this course that uh, there are many genders. You, you pull up, like, Google search how many, uh, a list of genders, you're going to have a list, you know, from Look, I have, from from your head to your toe, basically. I have no problem but with But this kid, she, she was like, um, all right, I'll, I will call you guys whatever you desire to be called, and she's calling roll, and my name is Dolan, so my last name is Dolan. Um, but you've always gone by Dolan. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm called, you know, I'm, like, fifth down, and I'm like, I go by Dolan. And she's like, your last name? Corey was like, your last name? <laughs> like, she, he, I don't know. Corey was like, your last name? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, just call me that. So Corey circles it. And then down towards the end, this kid is like, uh, can I go by Captain? And Corey's like, I'll call you whatever you want to be called yep. for the rest of the semester. But uh, Corey never calls anybody by their name at all. So you know, point you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're captain. Sure, I'll, I will call you captain. The way this is building up, I think we're gonna have to go for a second round. Okay, I'm down. We got like three minutes. But uh, were you on a were you on a point you wanted to wrap up? Anything you wanted to to close off, tie off the ends to? Yeah, I, I just I'm gonna clear up a fact real quick. Not going back to the whole like Marines are bad people, but um, just to clear up people so they don't get offended towards me with the things I say. I I have no problem. I actually like this whole transgender thing because it's people exercising their freedoms. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I would like people to keep in mind is, and it's not just Marines, but military in a general, we're out here doing what we do so they have those freedoms. And as long as they can understand that and not continue to take away our VA benefits when we get out, not continue to attack us and you know call us baby killers you know and to stop profiling us as crazy or psychos and make it to where we can't get firearms and stuff when we get out i would actually really appreciate it because we're not bad people we encourage the general populace to use their freedoms to do whatever they want Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason we do what we do the freedoms that we give them no, no, no. They, this is supposed <laughs> to be a free country. So if you want to go out there and it's you want to burn a city free, to the ground, man. go for it. However, freedom comes with consequences. Just Let's keep that in mind. Rape some churches and burn some women. Yeehaw! Knock over everything. <laughs> well. Well, I mean, that's this has been a really insightful uh, podcast. Uh, I appreciate you for, for being on, Josh, and actually uh, full disclosure on everything. Um is that the right term? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah, being non-candid about stuff, uh, really, it provides a, a, a great insight. And one of the things that we talked about was how the media obscures things, right? Yeah, they, how they're pushing agendas or trying to make money or whatever. I'm doing this podcast. If I make money off of it, I'll put that. I'll put that. I'll say this right now. If I make money off of it, uh, it's because I'm promoting my own business with my soap. Oh yeah, that's good, right. Good clean goods. Got some great soap, and I got more soap coming. I just bought a couple kilos of uh, essential oils, which is great. Uh, I got a decent variety of, uh, of of fragrances coming out in my soap, all natural. Also, I'm gonna order some fragrance oils. Uh, I typically try to keep it natural, but the fragrance oils, I mean, chocolate soap. Oh, come on, dude. Wash my body with chocolate. Uh, yeah, I, okay, I, this I think is it's getting wonderful. kinky. 
<laughs> oh, this ain't kinky. I, I'm down with it. This ain't kinky. Believe, believe me, this ain't kinky. But uh, it could get pretty kinky, man. You know, soap soap is great. Anyway, uh, I I actually didn't even set out to pitch my business on this. It just came up. But um, yeah, soap soap is good. But um, I, I'm doing this podcast not to make money. If I make money off of it, great. I will try. Every chance I get. Good, Main good, point good. I think he's trying to make is. Uh, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm not the media. I'm not sitting out there to make multi-million. Dollars don't believe everything the media puts out there. Off of this, this is why I call this good clean talks and uh, do my, your own research. My new podcast that I'm working on is called Question Authority. Question, authority. Question authority. You know, just question authority. Mom, should I listen to the government? Mother, should I trust the government? So. New podcast coming out, Question Authority, but that's this is why I call it that because I'm I'm going to tackle things and talk about things that it's you're going to get real. You're not going to get on the media, and I'm going to challenge I'm going to challenge the mainstream media every chance I get because you know I'm a fucking millennial and I feel like a lot of us are already on the same page. So that being said, I uh, thank you all for listening and uh, look for future podcasts. Look for one after this. We might we might record another one tonight. We might not. I can't tell you what we're gonna do, but I love you and I thank you for listening. And this is Dolan out. Have a good night. Peace.